0: So I I talked a little bit about EO, and I have my couple of examples that I think um, help me to understand it, but I love the fact that we have an expert that's here that can talk to us about EOs, and as parents and as teachers, how we can utilize EOs so that we get to that progress that we want to see.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm sure you've already said EO stands for Establishing Operation. I did, but we can't say it enough. Because we don't remember. I said it
0: I, I the first eighteen times I heard EO, I thought they were talking about the movie at Disneyland with Michael Jackson. I totally did.
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> um, an EO is a type of motivating operation. so it might be easier if you just think of motivation, okay? And so um, it's anything that's going to increase the value of a reinforcer and make it more likely for that um, behavior to happen. So for example,, um, if a reinforcer is food, then we would um, make sure that the individual hasn't had food in a while uh, b- before trying to offer it. Or if we're gonna offer um, an activity, we make sure they weren't just doing it for the first, or for two hours right before we got there to offer them that activity, things like that. So we'll actually sometimes ask parents um, right before our session, it'd be great if um, you didn't uh, give him snacks right when we get there because we don't want him to be full if we're using edibles as reinforcers. Right. If we have um, toys and things like that as reinforcers, we might actually carry our own bins. Um, We'll have our staff Mm -hmm. leave with bins and keep them in their car so they're locked away and they're only present during sessions, so that there's an increased Amount of time that they haven't had access to those items, which will likely make them more of an establishing operation. Of the um, the um, motivation will be there to actually work for those things.
0: Now, I think sometimes as parents, it's like a glass half full, glass half empty kind of question. That when we hear when you say to us, "Okay, well, we're going to be coming, and we don't want you to feed this snack before we come because we want to do it when we get there." Um, or, or don't let them have access to this toy for this amount of time, or you know if they're really into playing video games, I think this is the one where we get hung up the most, especially with the teenagers. Well, don't let them have access to the video game before we get there. Yeah. Uh, and then what the parent does, instead of saying, oh, that's going to supercharge uh, that session with you, they immediately go to, well, I'm denying my child the thing that they want, and we get into this this whole and there's even the word deprivation creating a state of deprivation but we tend to think of it as a long 40 day trek into a desert instead of a two hour period of time in which we're just, we're not depriving them of it. Well, I mean, I guess technically, the, but it's not like
1: here, here's this thing that we're not going to let you play. We just make it unavailable. I could see that maybe for food that people would be like, I'm depriving my kid of something they really want. But when it comes to video games, I know a lot of parents are like, I don't want my kid playing video games more than a certain amount of time a day anyways. Right. So they have no problem with that idea. But if they're not allowing their child to have access to them then they have to deal more with things you know it kind of makes your life as a parent a little more difficult if you have to save things for when your behavior interventionists are present. Um, Because the truth is the kid likes it and the kids happier when they have it so we kind of want to keep it for ourselves so that our lives are easier. Yeah and so um, your clinical supervisor can help you to identify reinforcers that you can use in the same way so it isn't only for when ABA is happening that um, you would have these powerful reinforcers that you save for certain moments, but also for you. And actually, the clinical supervisor you work with from your ABA program will help you to set that up. So they'll actually say, like, what are your most difficult times? And if you're saying that, you know, one of the hardest things you're dealing with right now is potty training, for mm-hmm. example, then they might say to you, okay, what's something extremely reinforcing that we could um, save for just when the, your child goes to the bathroom in mm-hmm. the potty? And um, so they're actually helping you to do use that same technique that the behavior interventions would would use, you know. Yeah. Um, or if you say I can't get my kid to do their homework, then we would set up something like, well, they can't do video games until they've done their homework or whatever, and they can't have access to video games any other time, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, and so, obviously, if you say to us, well, I don't really want you to do video games because that's the only thing that I can get that will keep him busy and I'm with him for way longer than you guys are or whatever and you bring other things and we might say, okay, fine we won't take that you know and it's usually like a give-and-take kind of compromise Mm -hmm. that happens between. So
0: super important to have that conversation and be talking about it I think a lot of times parents get intimidated we don't really understand it and so we gotta go okay and then we don't follow through on it and we don't get the progress that we want to see.
1: Well when I'm talking to parents I usually say is there something that you'd be willing to restrict access to that's very powerful and then they actually kind of help to identify what those things are. I think that's a great way to put it I don't think everybody puts it that way. Thank <laughs> you.